Welcome to Served Neat. I'm your host, Jen Hartman. I am wildly obsessed with marketing, sales, business, and the bottom line. I left corporate America with $3,000 in my bank account and a dream of becoming a successful entrepreneur. In the last two years, I grew my marketing consultancy to multiple six figures, worked with over 160 CEOs, and even started my very own fashion brand. In this podcast, I'll be serving up my best kept secrets to help you grow and scale your business. Each week, you'll hear from myself along with other entrepreneurs. You'll learn about what it actually takes to grow a brand, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Pour yourself a glass of bourbon and get ready to take notes because it is time to dive into this week's episode. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Served Neat. We just celebrated our biggest revenue and sales month in business to date. We've grown roughly 20% month over month since December, maintained an 83% client retention rate, and we've seen a significant uptick in referrals this year as well. So what's going on? I've never seen the business grow like this before. What happened? What changed? Well, in today's episode, I'm going to be giving you guys the lowdown of what we did differently in 2022 that has led to this kind of growth. All right, let's get into it. Number one, first and foremost, I made it easier for clients to say hell yes to working together. I'm talking easy to fill out intake forms. Sales calls were readily available. We offered extended payment plans without adding on additional fees for doing so. I also gave clients the ability to customize packages if it wasn't exactly what they were looking for. I offered that flexibility for them. I want to circle back to talking about intake forms. I've worked with quite a few coaches and service providers in the past few years, and man, oh man, do I see some very lengthy intake forms. Like There have been instances where I've clicked on an intake form, and the intake form would take 15 or 20 minutes to fill out. There is no reason why you need to be asking for so much information before you've even had a conversation with this person. Like you don't need to know their blood type, their social security number, their grandma's middle name. Like there are just things that are so unnecessary in intake forms. Get what you need and get out, okay? Do not make them harder than they need to be because what's happening is you're losing people. I bet if you looked at your Google Analytics, so like for those of you who have really lengthy intake forms, go look at your Google Analytics. I bet you're seeing people who likely look at the page and then they don't fill it out. So if you're seeing a very small conversion rate, that should be a red flag to you that your intake form is way too long. You're asking for way too much from a prospect. And what they're thinking too is, man, if they are making it this difficult to work together, what's it going to be like when we actually sign the contract? That's kind of like the first impression that you're giving off. So make it really easy to express interest in working together. Number two, stop gatekeeping sales calls. I don't understand why people are so hesitant to get on sales calls. I don't know if it's because people lack sales skills or if they're just terrified of objections or I don't know what it is, but I always offer 20 minute sales calls if I look at an intake form and feel like there's a good fit here. And I get on a call to learn a bit more. Don't forget the call isn't just for the prospect. It's also for you, the provider, to make sure that you feel good about the decision to move forward. You can gain clarity based on the intake form on that sales call. Don't be afraid to hop on sales calls. And most people want to get on a call. Like if somebody is dropping tens of thousands of dollars to work with you, or even multiple four figures, they're going to want to talk to a human 
human most of the time. So don't make it incredibly difficult to connect with you over a quick 20 minute call. Next up, I want to touch on extended payment plans. We do not penalize people for extended payment plans. If you want to do a three month plan, cool. If you want to do a six month plan, totally fine. I don't care what the payment plan is as long as we get paid at some point. In fact, I prefer extended payment plans because I really like that reoccurring income in the business. It makes me nervous when people pay in full. I don't know what to do with that. I'm like, uh, take it back, do a payment plan. I'm just kidding. But I really do prefer payment plans in my business. And I know one of the hangups for extended payment plans is people always think, oh my God, what if the payment bounces? What if I have to chase them to pay? Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Listen, I have worked with 225 clients since 2019, and we have only dealt with that three times. And what's funny is every time it's happened, there were red flags along the way that I just chose to ignore. Had I listened to those red flags, I probably could have avoided all three of those circumstances. So again, don't be afraid to offer extended payment plans. People need those payment plans a lot of times, especially those who are growing a team. Your overhead is really high. You want to meet people where they're at. And in fact, I found that people really appreciate those extended payment plans. That has made the biggest difference for a lot of my clients. Also, allowing people to customize a service if need be. If they don't need a call every single week with you, why not offer two calls per month instead of a call every single week and just adjust the price accordingly? It's okay to do that. You don't have to stick with your three packages. You can make adjustments. And again, along with that and the extended payment plans, your clients are going to so appreciate it. It's those little things that make the biggest difference. Speaking of making a big difference for your clients, number two that I want to talk about is improving the client experience. We have made some massive upgrades to the client experience. First and foremost, I want prospects to get a taste of what it's like to work with us. I want you to get a taste of what it's like to be in our world. And we start that with a sales call in a $5 Starbucks gift card. This is just my way of saying thank you so much for taking 20 minutes of your time to have a conversation with us. When you are our client, we also send call agendas via email the day before a call and a recap email after the call. So our clients are not left in the dark. We're really big on communication. I never want a client to be like, what are we talking about on today's call? Or what's my to-do list after the call? Or even taking notes. I take notes during calls so my clients don't have to. We also do regular check-ins via Voxer and email. We send a beautiful onboarding gift, a bouquet of flowers in case you're wondering. We provide a seamless onboarding experience I never want a new client to have questions. I want all of her questions to be answered in that onboarding experience. And last but not least, we are regularly collecting feedback after an engagement and on calls. And we're actually implementing those changes. We don't just collect feedback and let the feedback sit there and collect dust because at that point, it's essentially pointless to even collect feedback to begin with. So if you are collecting feedback, actually implement it, take it seriously, especially if you are seeing similar trends pop up again and again. Like example, if you ask a question like, what part of your experience could have been improved? And people keep saying, well, I really didn't like the format of the calls, or I really didn't like the communication efforts. Okay. That should be like, ding, 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 light bulb. We need to improve this. So really take that seriously and make changes because again, it's going to improve your overall client experience and your clients are going to feel like they were seen and heard. Okay, number three, let's talk about hiring efforts because hiring has looked really different in 2022 than it's looked in previous years. I've hired five team members since January. Whew. 
it's been wild over here, y'all. We hired a content manager who I love. She's amazing. An incredible executive assistant, a PR consultant, a marketing strategist, and a blog writer. Something I've done a bit different is I've hired people who are smarter than me which was such a hit to the ego, but it was really necessary. And I believe that our hiring efforts are what got us to this point. Number four, we've really focused on visibility marketing. We've updated the website. We're still updating the website. We added a blog. We're bringing in guest experts to the podcast to build up our visibility. We've been really, really consistent on LinkedIn. We're winning more speaking opportunities. We're winning more PR opportunities. So a lot has gone into visibility because when you increase your visibility, you increase your chances of being discovered. And when you are easily discovered, well, you have more prospects finding you and more clients. P.S. If you've never read Visibility Marketing, check out that book. It's a really, really good book on visibility marketing. It's very like no BS to the point. My type of read for sure, but check it out. Okay, last but not least, it's kind of, it's something a little bit different. And I debated on whether or not I wanted to touch on this in this episode. But again, as a, why do I keep saying again? I don't like that. When I was thinking through what has changed in the last six months for neat marketing and what has led to all of this growth, I mean, this came up during my thoughts. I have taken a new approach to failure. I want to fail so fast. And I know some of you guys are like, what are you talking about? We have implemented things so quickly. So we can either say, wow, like this worked really well. Let's keep building on this. Or, hey, it didn't work. Let's scratch it and we can move on. I want to move on fast. I want to get a, hell yes, this is working. Let's expand. Or hell no, this is awful. And we can scratch it and stop pouring money into something that isn't working. What I see happen and what I've done in the past is I was so afraid of failure, especially failing at a public level. I was so afraid of people being like, oh God. She failed. That's embarrassing. I was afraid of that judgment. So, like, I took such a slow approach to trying new things out of fear. But when you just attack something and you're like, okay, let's go, let's do it, you find out very quickly what's working and you either succeed really fast or you fail quickly and you just move on. Being super agile and just shifting my mindset around failure has helped us to grow much faster. I'm going to repeat these one more time. A couple of things that really led to some massive growth over the last six months. Number one is I made it easier for clients to say hell yes to working together. The takeaway from this is to just think about your sales experience. Think about onboarding clients. Where are some potential hangups? Are people visiting your site but not clicking through? Are people being left on red for days and days and days in your DMs? How difficult is it for people to get into your world? Number two is we improved the client experience drastically in the last six months. Three, we've switched up our hiring efforts and our team structure. Number four, really leaning into visibility marketing. And number five, switching up my mindset around failure. Okay, guys, this has been a super fun episode to record. I hope that you learned a thing or two about achieving growth in your business. I know that the first couple of years can be really rough. I do want to add in here that our business, especially in the early days, we would have one really good month, one really bad month, one good month, one terrible month where we were in the negative. And it was just so up and down. And when that happens for an extended period of time, it can feel really defeating. It's like, are we ever going to be stable? 
table? What do I need to do differently? And sometimes it's difficult being in that phase of business because like you don't know what you don't know. Truly, like if you've never built a business where you see consistent growth and you have that stability, you don't really know what to do differently in your business. So again, I hope you guys learned a thing or two from this episode. If you guys have any questions about anything I talked about, feel free to send me a DM. I always love continuing the conversation. Thank you guys for listening and I will catch you guys on next week's episode of Serve Me. 